Welcome to the Ravado Health Podcast. I'm Jodie Duval and I'm a functional naturopath in Perth, WA. This is a place where you can expand your knowledge on how to optimize your health and realize your full potential. We'll have cutting edge information with expert guests and having lots of fun along the way. Get ready to be empowered and motivated to reach your higher vitality and find your ultimate potential. Let's go. In today's podcast, I talked to period expert and founder of My Moon Box, Nikki Gonda. We had such an amazing time on this podcast and it was super fun talking about all things periods. So Nikki is your go-to girl when it comes to anything menstrual cycle related. With Moonbox, it is Nikki's mission to empower females with a holistic approach to balancing hormones and relieving period problems naturally. Nikki believes that living your life in sync with your cycle and support of your hormones is the missing key when it comes to feeling your best and living your best, most fulfilled life. So today we talk everything menstrual cycle related, anything from hormone influences, contraception methods, how to balance your cycle, diet and lifestyle. Uh, We also talk lots of myths so period myths and we talk lots 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 more and there's a lot of key resources at the end as well so we we hope you enjoy and uh here it is hey nikki hey how you going i'm good thanks so much for coming on i so appreciate the time that you're going to spend with us today so welcome i'm so stoked to be here <laughs> and we were just having a little chat off off uh, recording and we're, we're super excited about what we're going to be talking about today. So we are talking all things period because you are the period expert and founder of My Moon Box. So um, <laughs> I'm, I'm very excited for someone to actually want to be talking to me about all this stuff. <laughs> we can dive real deep today. So Nikki, let's just start with a little bit about you. In your own words um, and I hear you've had a massive year last year so give us a bit of a rundown of what's been happening for you in the last couple of years. Sure so oh, it has been a massive last few years quite uh, probably the biggest most exciting most challenging times and it all involved launching a business or more so <laughs> setting up the business in the first place um, Moonbox um, which is very much obviously all around uh, to do with periods and balancing hormones naturally. But I my like rewind a few years before that and a really quick summary and how I got to there. It's like sounds very cliche, but I was someone who experienced terrible menstrual symptoms growing up. Um, every period symptom of payment like PMS symptom, you name it, I experienced it. And that's what led me to being put on the pill and going on the pill and you know getting really depressed, losing my libido, losing hair. It just wrecked havoc. Then six years later coming off it and being like, holy moly, what just happened? There has to be another way. And that's when I started studying nutritional health science and getting absolutely obsessed with all things, hormones and periods. And really, I guess, finding my calling and wanting to become a voice in the industry. And um, more so, provi- more than that, is providing women with the support that I found that just wasn't there. And it was through changes, um, you know, from what I was learning, um, you know, making changes in my lifestyle and my diet and realizing how powerfully impactful those foundations were when I got to a place of experiencing like, you know, my period would arrive and I'd be like, oh my gosh, I have no symptoms. And I'd start to enjoy my period, which people still think I'm crazy about. Um, But 
I got to that place and I was like, why doesn't every woman know about this? Uh, why is this not mainstream? Why do we not talk about periods? Um, you know, because the downside of not talking about them is that, you know, we accept these symptoms as normal um, and it can lead to further health issues. So I guess that's what got me into thinking, well, uh, developing Moonbox and um, spending a good two and a half years full time of my life, like, first of all, developing the products in collaboration with like amazing healthcare practitioners and then also creating the online program as well, which I thought would be done in a year, add another two years, like onto that (laughs) of all the stress and, you know, ups and downs that it takes of starting a business. And I launched it finally last year in July and it was, oh my gosh, it was the highlight of my life. (laughs) Just like all my hard work definitely, definitely paid off and, you know, created a really exciting movement of women who you know are uh, being equipped with the knowledge and information to better understand their cycles and they're more they see it more as an empowering uh you know uh important natural part of them instead of something to fear or dread or that you know is looked upon as you know something that you're destined to uh you know experience pain and suffering um but yeah <laughs> That's my, my past, my past few years. I'm just like, um, that's pretty much what I live and breathe. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, and I think because of the fact that, um, periods aren't spoken about so much, um, when you get clients in a clinic, like as in when I get clients here, it's, oh, how's your period? Oh, it's normal. Uh, what, what's normal? Oh, it, you know, it hurts. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's got clots. It's got all these sorts of things. I'm like, okay. So we really don't have an idea of what's normal, do we? Or what's healthy? Um, and I think that that advocacy that you've provided is just amazing, especially for the younger girls who are coming into it and actually celebrating their menstrual cycle and their beginning of their menses. It's something that we are ashamed for and shamed at for becoming a woman. It's literally, it's an amazing transition, isn't it? Just as, you, as it is an amazing transition back out of it in menopause. So... Um, I think it should be a celebration and women need to almost have that red tent scenario where we're brought into womanhood. Uh, and there is a lot more of that out there, right? Well, you know, there's so much more Absolutely. people doing that now, which is amazing. But to have that voice and to have the strength that you have to be able to carry that forward for all the women. Um, yeah, I, I think it's absolutely amazing what you're doing. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah, period <laughs> parties, red tents and all. Bring them on. Yeah. <laughs> Mainstream. <laughs> let's, let's do it. All right. So <laughs> periods. Um, we, all, we all know what a period is, but why, why is it so important that we care so much about them? So let's just go there first. Yeah, awesome. Well, we should definitely care about periods. Uh, I really think that they are very overlooked and um, they're an underutilized vital sign. So just like, say, your blood pressure, your respiratory rate, your temperature, um, your heart rate, your periods are an incredibly powerful indication of your overall health and even an underlying condition, um, you know, that may, that may be taking place. So any kind of symptoms you're experiencing, um, whether it's period irregularities or you know, symptoms of PMS, um, these can indicate an underlying imbalance. Um, which is so cool because, you know, our periods show up every month. Um, Mm. So each month we can get this feedback, um, you know, that our body is providing us. And instead of ignoring it or accepting it, um, you know, that you just have to put up with it. um, You know, I really encourage women to like tune in and 
dive deep into, you know, why am I experiencing cramps or why am I breaking out in acne? Why am I feeling so fatigued? So it's all these signs and um, symptoms are incredible indications of our overall health, Um, not just our, you know, fertility. Yes, periods are an amazing side of our fertility, but overall health, vitality and well-being. um, It's just like a, yeah, foundational. That's why, yeah, they're so important to care about and take uh, note of. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's then um, talk about what a good healthy period looks like. And there's some comparisons obviously in there and there's, there's a lot of differences because everyone's individual. Um, And we, we can talk even, we can even go into some of those conditions that we have that are things like endometriosis and PCOS and all that sort of thing. But to start with, what, what sort of a good measure um, or a, a good sort of normal line that we are looking at for a period? Yeah, so when it comes to our period, it really is like the sum of three phases. I think it's important everyone uh, understands that. So you've got, say, the follicular phase, which is the the first part of your menstrual cycle, and it's going to last approximately like two weeks, anywhere from like seven to 21 days, because everyone is going to be different, we know. Mm -hmm. Um, So the follicular phase is then followed by ovulation. We ovulate for the day, and then it's followed by the luteal phase, which is going to last anywhere from like 10 to 16 days. Mm. Um, so these add up together to form a healthy cycle that is going to be anywhere from, I'd say, 21 to 35 days, okay? 28 days is the average. I feel like it's a little myth. I feel so many women will be like, oh my gosh, my period isn't 28, my cycle, sorry, isn't 28 yeah. days. There's yeah. something wrong. And I'm like, well, no, actually, that it's not a rule not it's not the rule it's just an average so anywhere from 21 to 35 days and then a healthy like period length is going to be between two to seven days and I would say um you know anything shorter than two days anything uh longer than seven days is going to indicate some kind of imbalance um you know whether it's influenced by well I mean it's going into a whole other thing but like you know you can look into things like stress or maybe it's you know, something with your thyroid, PCOS, you know, if your periods are missing and you're ovulating or, you know, there's many factors that can contribute to um, the length of your period. Um, And then also one thing I love to encourage women to look at is the colour of their period. Absolutely. (laughs) A lot of the time, but it says a lot, right? Mm. Um, You know, from we want our period colour to be a bright, healthy cranberry red. Yep. you know, not so, you know, it can vary from, you know, people might show up as like, you know, maybe it's a dark brown um, and that, you know, that can be oxidized blood from a previous cycle. Um, You know, then on the other side, it could indicate maybe there's some circulatory issues, you know, um, then if your blood say is like an orange color, maybe it can indicate like infection or if it's really dark purple, maybe it's something like excess estrogen or if it's really light watery and pink. Um, and I get a lot of messages about that. Maybe there's low estrogen or like, nutrient deficiencies or maybe anemia. So there's all these amazing indications of the color of our blood can say. Obviously, we wouldn't use it as like, you're not going to just look at your, your period blood and be like, that is what I have and use it as a, you know, um, exactly. diagnosis. But it's, exactly. it's a great, it's an extra little, um, you know, indication we can use, um, which is really cool. Yeah, um, it's and like then, a monthly check-in, isn't it? Into your, into your health. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And then... Uh, with say the viscosity of blood, I would say it's kind of hard to describe, but like you'd want it medium, not too thick, not too thin. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then with clots as well, uh, this is another big thing is that like large clots 
you know, larger than a 20 cent piece, they're not normal, right? And, you know, little clots, five little clots here and there, five cents, smaller clots, they're okay. But a larger clots, which I know a lot of women experience, um, you know, could be underlying issues there as well, like estrogen dominance or something going on. Um, so it's something to look into too and take note of. And I think um, a lot of the time that like clots are ignored and just looked at as normal, like I, I find with the conversations I have with people on the program. Um, and then lastly, I'll say is that like your period should really arrive with uh, minimal symptoms, mm. you know, very minimal symptoms. Um, you shouldn't have to, you know, there shouldn't be a grand entrance to seven days of like, you know, cramps and menstrual headaches and fatigue <laughs> and acne. Like, it shouldn't be I'm like the coming, I'm coming, I'm <laughs> coming. <laughs> right? Like, I'll never forget the first time my period just arrived and I didn't, I didn't even know it was coming. And I was like, and that was, you know, very early days, years ago mm. when I just first started getting into this. And I was like, whoa, I didn't even, I had no cramps. Yeah. And honestly, that's how my period arrives now. And if I do experience cramps, that's my indication where I go, okay, like, let's look at maybe what over the past few months I've been doing that's influenced that I'm experiencing some cramps this cycle. Yeah. Um, you know, not every cycle. People, I think a lot of people think that I just never experience symptoms ever again. And that's not true. Um, you know, it's when the symptoms come up, can we look at why they may be there? I think mm. that's where the power lies. Um, so yeah, so symptoms like the breast tenderness, the breakouts, cramps, you name it. They're just your body communicating with you your body's language um that there's an underlying imbalance yeah. um but yeah i think that kind Absolutely. of sums up so in terms um, of general um so just crossing back a little bit in terms of the amount of blood as well is, is there oh, yeah. is, is there a sort of a set um level or amount that i know we've got certain things like you can actually get some flooding and a lot of women do deal with a lot of heavy periods right mm-hmm. so um what what would be a normal sort of amount that we'd be looking at yeah, so I think that a lot of us will think we're losing loads of blood on our period. I mean, mm. gosh, some people are, they've got heavy yeah. period, but it's actually, to put it in perspective, it's on average around 50 mils. It's like a healthy yeah. loss of blood. I'd say anything less than like 25 mils is quite a very much a light flow. Anything mm. more than 80 mils is quite a heavy, heavy flow. Um, but if you're so, I think it's a regular tampon is, five mils i don't use tampons anymore but off the top of my head five mils so around 10 regular size tampons over the length of your period um mm. is i think the normal amount yeah. and you shouldn't really be changing it more frequently than you know every couple of hours mm. you know if you're changing your tampon and pad like you know once a day it's very light if you're changing it every hour that's heavy um so yeah that's something to track as well and then same as a menstrual cup like i'm a menstrual cup girl and same like with period yeah. undies, I no longer use tampons and pads, but I love the menstrual cup because I can really see the amount of blood I'm losing and I can see, you know, the color as well. Um, and I find that really helpful rather than buy tampons. But yeah, I'd say around 50 mils is, you, yeah, around that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm the same. I love the cups. They're, um, yeah. I switched over the, to them um, before my uh, second, so before I had my second baby. And um, it was a lifesaver. I, I, when, right. <laughs> when I discovered the cup, I was like, why, why is all these women wasting their money on pads and tampons? You've just got oh, that will last you for, you know, 10 years. It's, gonna, it's amazing. I, I still got mine. And that was 
that was like six, seven years ago. <laughs> I was about this. I was about that same time too. Six, seven, yeah, around seven years ago. I'll never forget. My best friend told me she had bought one, and I remember being like, "What? That's gross!" <laughs> right? I totally judged it. Slapped my head on the like Nikki seventeen. I don't remember. Actually, I think I was in high school. To be honest, it was a oh, long wow. time ago. Even long time. That was long. It was a long time ago. Maybe eleven yeah. years or something. Now I think about it because we're at school, and I yeah. remember judging it, and I was like, "That's so gross." And then making the switch when I started studying yes. at college, because everyone was using a menstrual cup, and I was like, "Well, I got to get onto this menstrual cup." Exactly. And I like it not only saves you in the money side of things, but also when you think about. Uh, like reducing your exposure to toxins. Absolutely. I'm so passionate about that too. Like yeah. everything we're inserting into our bodies, like the conventional tampons and pads have toxins, like, you know, dioxins from the bleaches, the chlorine, the pesticides, and we're inserting them into our vagina and mm-hmm. um, it's Wondering being why absorbed into our bloodstream. Exactly. Yeah. Infections. I know a lot of women who switch to the menstrual uh, cup and then they're like, oh, wow, I don't have any more cramps. Mm information all the time it's right so yeah. interesting so you know it's the money it's the, reducing the toxins and also reducing landfill which i think is awesome with any kind of reusable product when it comes to yeah well anything really but that's why i love the undie the period undies also game changer i'm only newly onto them though yes. as of last year have yes. you tried this i haven't but i've been meaning to for years yeah because yeah. they, they're, 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 they're quite new great. yes yeah they are new i I only got onto them last year. Again, I was a little hesitant because I was never a pad girl. Mm. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. I'm unsure. They're probably a bit like pads. Tried them, never looked back. I'm like, Ooh. that and menstrual cup, besties. <laughs> Yay. All right. Well, we'll have to, we'll have to link up some of the um, recommended products that you have um, later yeah, on. For sure. uh, that, yeah, yeah. My, my first cup was um, called Moon Cup. <laughs> mm. That was the UK's one. That. Because that was the only one available at the time. Now there's Juju. There's so many different ones. So many. Yeah. So great. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So let's, I was going to cover off sanitary products. We've just done that pretty much. So that's awesome. (laughs) We just had a discussion about that. Um, And if anyone's worried about the cups, it takes a little bit of practice. Because I know some people are a little balk at the the idea of actually getting it inserted and doing that sort of thing. Especially if you're a lot younger. Um, but it, it, the instructions are pretty good. And I think, um, I'm not sure if you have any good, uh, resources in regards to, um, for, for young, younger women and doing that, we might be able to talk about that too. Absolutely. But yeah, there yeah. is, yeah, there are a few resources, you know, this is going to sound random, but like YouTube is amazing. I know I have a few girlfriends who run YouTube channels. I can link this with you as well at the end, um, who will actually talk through the ins- proper insertion of. I said that right, yeah. Insertion of a cup. And Amazing. I've heard, yeah, I think it's so helpful. Yeah. I haven't gone into detail about that, but I know that it can be overwhelming for some people because I think it'll get stuck. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've heard of a few people with some, some <clears throat> issues there. All right. So, foundations for um, hormones and anything that influences our hormones. What sort of things are we looking at here? I know there's, you know, we've got stress, environmental, we've got, we've got so many, but let's just talk slowly through some of those things yeah. um, to make it a little bit clearer for everyone. Absolutely. So I would say the main foundation I would always address first is food. Um, especially today, like the micronutrient deficient diets are really main contributors to period problems and hormone imbalances. Um, so you know, with the food that we're eating, 
body with. It is literally providing our body with the nutrients to make an internet connection. Sorry, I've just come up with an internet thing, but I think it's fine. Um, yeah, so the food we're eating literally provides our bodies with the nutrients we need to make hormones and metabolize hormones. Um, so what we eat is literally working against our hormones or for them. Um, and I think that's the first place I would start to look when it comes to a main foundation that influences uh, the health of our hormones. Um, we can go into food if you want in more depth. Um, yeah, should we? Or... Let's talk. Let's talk about sort of the main um, aggravators, <clears throat> I guess, of the um, of the cycle, um, or things that we should really be trying to avoid. Things that will really oh. um, that we know upset the cycle. Yeah, so I'd say that you know one of the main root causes of hormone imbalance and period problems is inflammation, right? And an amazing way that I like to look at it is like an amazing way to reduce inflammation is by eating an anti-inflammatory diet, right? Whole foods, nutrient dense, um, you know, full of fiber to help with the, you know, movement of estrogen out of the body. Um, so foods, first starting with say foods that cause inflammation and may contribute to, you know, uh, hormone imbalance, I'd say the top ones would be sugar, um, you know, Sugar can mess with our, you know, obviously our blood sugar levels, which is another contributor to especially symptoms of PMS, um, you know, PCOS as well. Um, and they cause, it causes, sugar causes inflammation by causing um, insulin resistance. Um, and it's when, you know, too much of the insulin can impair ovulation. It can stimulate uh, your ovaries to produce too much testosterone, which is, you know, why, you know, insulin resistance is a major driver of PCOS as well. Like sugar is a main one. I always say like as much as possible, how can we limit our intake of sugar? And I think there are so many alternatives today. Like there's no excuses. I no. still eat chocolate. I'm a chocolate fan, but I'm mm, eating. I'm even making my yeah, own, yeah. but I'm eating, right? I, everyone's like, oh, you miss all the great foods. No. Mm -mm. I love, I eat chocolate daily, honestly. Yeah. And it's not a guilty, you know, pleasure food for me. Like, well, obviously it's pleasure food. I love it, but I'm not feeling guilty about it. I know it's not affecting my hormones. Um, you know, I'm very, you know, you've got the different sweeteners out there today, which is so much better than, you know, the fine sugars. Um, so yeah, sugar is the main one, I would say. Then also alcohol kind of works in a similar way. Like it's, oh, yeah. it's going to, it can... Yeah, right. It impairs estrogen clearance. It can contribute, like insulin resistance as well, is can be caused by alcohol. Then, as well as it can impair our gut microbiome, impaired liver detoxification, all of those things, and that is really going to just wreck hormonal havoc. Mm -hmm. um, for me, I don't drink a lot of alcohol at all. I would say most of the year, it, it's I've never been someone to I don't really care for it, um, but over the Christmas holidays, mm. I was indulging in it more than I usually would. And this period, it showed. Mm. Like, it really did. And I was like, I know it was the alcohol. It's like a serious day for me. I was yeah. like, alcohol and like, you know, I was indulging in a bit more probably sugar over Christmas. That's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's just knowing, you know, what, finding what your dose is, your, your kind of dose of poison is with the alcohol, right? Absolutely. Um, and then... And yeah, go go for it. Sorry. Um, yeah, I was just saying that you know, once once you get to a point that you you know sort of your limit, or you've gotten yourself to that point where you've you've healed a lot of your gut issues, your liver's working quite well, your period's coming in nicely. You can probably indulge, you know, those little bits here and there. And yes, you know your dose. Then that's that's the that's totally. the key point. It's the moderation. It's not I'm um, drinking seven drinks every day mm -hmm. of the weekend and then expecting my body to recover fully younger 
you know, younger girls out there and guys may do, but, you know, as you get a little bit more adding on the environmental poisons and all that sort of stuff as well. So you need to be mindful of the fact that you need to put in the work first to heal up and then you can sort of choose your dose. Absolutely. Like 100% all about the balance. It's not about being like perfect and not eating or, you know, drinking any of these things. I wouldn't even label any food as good or bad. Mm. Um, But it's just having the awareness that, you know, they can affect us and they're going to affect everyone differently as well. Mm. Um, So it's so true. It's like experimenting and finding, you know, what is maybe your trigger or what works for you and what amount. Um, And alcohol is definitely a main one, like obviously after sugar. And then also I would say, for a lot of women, and people hate hearing this, it's dairy. Um, Absolutely. Right, especially like acne as well um, <laughs> as a main contributor to that, um, which I think needs a lot more awareness instead of reaching for a quick pill or, you know, mm-hmm. expensive facial serums. Let's look at if you've never tried eliminating dairy and you suffer from hormonal breakouts, let's give it a go. Um, but in the dairy, uh, you know, it's not really the lactose, it's the... The A1 calcium protein in the dairy, which is seen to be inflammatory and it promotes like the um, histamine and um, stimulates those inflammatory cytokines, but also stimulates the IGF-1 hormone, um, which is what increases that sebum in the skin and mm. causes the acne breakout. So I'd say dairy is a ma- uh, main thing. Like, hey, I still eat, I still eat goat's cheese yep. and I'm fine. And mm-hmm. that's like the, it doesn't have like the A1 calcium or maybe like very minimal amounts um and I'm absolutely fine eating goat's cheese and I love goat's cheese and that's my cheese here Mm. when I was younger I used to love cheese and I thought I would miss it forever once when I eliminated it because it was I discovered it was a root cause of my breakouts Mm. and then I got rid of dairy within I reckon it was a couple of weeks I was like wow my skin is transformed and then I would introduce it I'd break out honestly the next day I'd break Mm. out so yeah I think dairy is the main one and then lastly I would well, there's two other ones. I would say vegetable oil. I would, all, yeah, I would, I don't like to call things evil, how I said before, but I'd be like, guys, if you can avoid vegetable oil like the plague, please do. Like, just avoid it, right? So it's the worst. So, soy, um, rapeseed oil, uh, sunflower oil, uh, canola oil, cottonseed oil. Did I say that? That's yep. soy. Did I say that one? Yeah. Um, yep. Uh, these oils, they're inflammatory, they're high in omega-6, um, they're you know, processed, hydrogenated, and they contain toxic metabolite trans fats. Um, and this is really what is going to cause um, inflammation in the body and that increase in those, uh, the prostaglandins, uh, which mm. are really going to contribute to you know, cramps, mm. premenstrual headaches, swollen, tender breasts. Um, so I would say avoiding vegetable oil at all costs. That's why I really like cooking at home because I know what is exactly in my food and what oils I'm using and cooking with, because, you know, I bet you, I'm a bit of a, uh, I'll go to cafes and I'll be that girl to ask. (laughs) I'll be that annoying. What oils are you using? (laughs) Like, what oils are you using? Because it's one of those, I don't really care about other things. Like, you know, I don't, I'm, you know, I'm strict at home, but when I go out, I am like, I'm lenient. I'm not, you know, I'm not an extremist. Yeah. I'm always interested with cafes that I'm going to on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. You know, there's one cafe I pretty much call my office in Bondi and I do want to know what oils they're using because I'm eating the food a lot there. Exactly. Um, so yeah, so I think that's important. And then also being aware of like if gluten, if you're sensitive to gluten, and I know people hate hearing that as well, but it really can be a driving factor for hormone imbalance too. Um, it doesn't mean you have to eliminate it forever. 
at all. Uh, you know, it's really, again, it could be an elimination diet and finding out what are your specific triggers. Mm, um, but yeah, what, yeah, I, yeah, I ramble, the gluten. So add anything in there. <laughs> yeah, no, I think he covered it really well. What I want to add, though, is that <clears throat> vegetable oils, firstly, vegetable oils, I think um, they're really hidden in everything. So you have to look quite quick yeah. and quite closely. Because when you pick up anything packaged in the shops, you can probably most almost guarantee that there's going to be a vegetable oil in there of some sort. So that's where avoiding those packaged foods is probably the most important, I would say. Agreed. Even, yeah. I would say too, 100%. And even for, you'll find, you know, marketing is so misleading on packaging. And even a lot of foods that say organic, yeah. I'm like, healthy, that are organic, all natural, healthy, or, or look on the back of those ingredients. And I swear, <laughs> most of them will say like, some kind of canola oil or sunflower yeah. oil. It's, yeah, yeah it, is, it can be hard to avoid, but there are brands that I know on my program that I specifically recommend that you can find if yep. you, you know, just put in the time. Um, and then once you've found your brands, you're Amazing. good. Yep. Yeah, awesome. And with the, with the gluten as well, like I've noticed that, um, and just drawing the attention to everyone listening is that it's, it's more of a gut issue with the gluten. And so you've got, you know, yeah. the zonulin implications and the intestinal permeability. So once you've opened up those, you're increasing inflammation and toxins all the way through the body. And then um, once you've healed up that and you have no reactions anymore to it and your immune system and your inflammatory you know, um, cytokines and everything like that, they sort of calm down. The, the immune system forgets a little bit um, as long as you're not overdoing it you know most of the time you can have little bits of it here and there obviously um except for the celiac um scenario yeah. where you need to avoid it um but also in the wheat products it's the um glyphosate so that's that's another thing you know we're destroying all our microbilla that that are in our gastrointestinal uh, tract so that that's going to be a, a continual damage unfortunately that's so true. And like jumping onto that, the gut side of things, it's just an add, add that to a main foundation, like gut health, mm. influencing health of hormones. And so obviously our diet is going to affect our gut health, like gluten, like you just mentioned, and mm. the sugar and the alcohol, all these affect gut health. And if our gut health is down, our, you know, so our, so are our hormones, mm. um, you know, we have the, um, the group of bacteria known as the astrobilome and they really help metabolize and eliminate uh, estrogen from the body and they protect us against the buildup of estrogen and mm. the symptoms that come with it um so having a healthy gut is so key you know a healthy gut healthy gut bacteria is going to lower inflammation it's going to help with our blood sugar it's going to help with our um you know breaking down and absorbing all of the essential nutrients from food and supplements that we take that we need um for healthy hormones mm. but yeah it's food plays a huge role in the impact on the gut health and gluten is definitely one of them yeah and and all of these foods when they're causing a local inflammation or a systemic inflammation unfortunately they become addictive because they cause then those neurotransmitter releases unfortunately um, and then you can even jump into the serotonin being produced in the gut and therefore you get some low moods you know if you're not feeling good and your gut's not good so there's so many implications there. So, you know, I think the key takeaway is to actually get your gut sorted as well as your hormones and both will, you know, correct each other. And doing some testing totally. is actually worthwhile. I don't know if you recommend some of your clients to do it, but in terms of gut testing Absolutely. and actually having a really good picture of your gut microbiome, they've got gut microbiome mapping and all those sorts of things that really help people to figure out exactly where they're looking at and directing them to where they need to sort of... Um, 
yeah, outline their treatments, I guess, and their protocols, which is really cool. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Agree. Yeah. Um, all right. So let me just jump into um, contraception. Okay. So yeah. we've got we've got lots of women. So firstly, I'd like to say is that when I get clients in, I'm not sure you're the same. And they're on the contraceptive pill and they come in and they say, um, and you ask them about their periods and you have no idea yet that they're on a contraceptive pill and they're, oh, my period's great. You know, it goes for five days. You know, um, I'm like, okay, so you're on a contraceptive pill? Yes, I am. Okay. You know, that's not mm-hmm. a normal period. That's not a period. That's like a break. That's just a, yes. a an interim. <laughs> it's one of the biggest myths I love to bust. Yes. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So I guess that's probably my starting point is that when you're on a contraceptive pill, you're not actually having a real period. No, you know, it's like you call it a withdrawal bleed. And it's mm. actually, so when you're taking those sugar pills, it's your body withdrawing from those synthetic hormones. So it's chemically induced. Um, if what's interesting is that when the pill first came out those pill those sugar pills weren't actually in the packet Mm. um but women wanted the re the reassurance that they weren't pregnant so they popped them in so really it's more for psychological like comfort that right that you're not that you're not um pregnant um which is really interesting so there really there really isn't uh like a medical reasoning behind having that bleed on the pill which is interesting. A women do like to help with a breakthrough bleed, I'd say like, but there's no every week. I think I remember the doctor told me, I'll never forget, he's like, make sure you take the the sugar pills every month so you can have your period. And that's the thing, like a lot of women mm. will say to me as well, well, why would I need to, you know, my period's great. It was missing for years. I went on the pill and then it was regulated. And it's like, <laughs> oh, it's not actually a real period. Um, you know, we're yeah. not having a period because, you know, the pill works by shutting down uh, you know ovulation and our entire hormonal system mm. um, so we're not producing those beautiful natural hormones to you know have a healthy period and instead uh, you know the pills obviously replacing them with synthetic steroid versions which are not having the same effect on the body um, yeah. so yeah I would say biggest myth is the period that you have on the pill is not a real period <laughs> so I got that one number one from the start did I that's good okay cool yeah <laughs> Um, so there's so, so many more different apps and measures of tracking your period out there now. And in clinic, my favorite method is just really just the mucus method, temperature, taking your cycle down and making sure, obviously it's really hard for some people when they don't have a regular cycle. And I think that's probably the number one hurdle with the natural contraceptive Mm -hmm. method. Um, but there's some really nice apps out there and I'm sure you know a lot more than me about it all. Um, so run us through some of the options that people have got. Yeah, so my favorite two, like fertility awareness method. Uh, mm. That's personally what I do is like track basal body temperature, uh, cervical mucus changes, and my cervix positioning. They, it's really learning those, you know, those body, your body signals of fertility to be able to predict your, you know, fertile days. Mm. And it's during those fertile days where obviously you want to be um, use protection or abstain from sex, but mm-hmm. um, I think that it can be that a lot of women do get overwhelmed by that and they might not, you know, have a lot of trust in it. And I get it. We were never taught, we're never, we're never, we're never taught this. So it's, of course, it's overwhelming. You know, the first thing we're offered as birth control is the pill, yeah. um, you know, and 
the fertility awareness method is incredibly effective when done right. Mm. Um, and it can take time, just like everything. Mm. It's a journey. I didn't learn this overnight. It took me a while to really understand my body's signs of fertility um, and when my fertile days are. And, you know, I never used to have a regular period. So my number one thing was like, let's get my cycle regular and then let's start incorporating um, these, you know, these methods. So fertility awareness method, I'd say. Oh, also, I highly recommend the book Taking Charge of Your Fertility by Tony Weschler. It teaches you all of this. It's amazing. Otherwise, I also recommend getting a fertility awareness method coach because there are people who have specifically studied it. Um, I learned it through someone mm. and the book, um, mm. but I really, I took the time because you want, obviously you want to get it right. Um, and once you've got it, it's a yeah. game changer. So that, Absolutely. and if you're someone who's overwhelmed by it, I actually do recommend Daisy fertility device. Um, mm-hmm. I've used that personally. Um, I actually ended up gifting mine to my, to my sister. <laughs> yeah. um, because you've I got just, it sorted. I've, I've got it sorted now. So I was like, I don't really need it, but <laughs> I highly like for people just starting out or don't, they don't really, they don't trust themselves in, you know, look tracking their cervix position and the fluids or whatever, even though I think it's so empowering mm-hmm. the daisy device, um, you know, it does the work for you. It takes it to temperature every morning and then it syncs with, it's a computer algorithm that syncs with like 5 million you know, women's different cycles mm-hmm. um, and it's able to um, indicate your fertile, infertile days. So that's one option. And then when it comes to the app, uh, there's so many apps. There um, is. And when, ones, I think, favourites these days I hear are like the Clue app, there's Flow, there's the general generic like period tracker. For anyone who wants to take their um, temperature each morning, uh, Kindara is really great in charting that for you. They're the main ones that pop to mind. Some of them are free, some of them aren't. So my biggest recommendation because I know people vibe with some and you know others don't Mm. so download a few of them have a feel for the interface and whatever you know clicks with you I would I would use that one and just getting really consistent in tracking your period and not just your period like how you're feeling on a day-to-day basis is so important Mm. absolutely Um, and just and not I think not just relying well I'm 100% 100% not just relying on the app to tell you when you're ovulating. Yes. Because <laughs> I know a lot of women do that. I used to do that. Yeah. When I first got into the apps, I was like, oh, yeah, the computer says I'm ovulating today. So the app says I'm ovulating today. So, you know, um, that's where the signs of fertility are amazing to complement that. Absolutely. Yeah. A lot of women do get some kind of um, niggling or some kind of sensation when they're ovulating, which is mm. um, a good sort of telltale sign, plus the mucus. And it's not as scary as you think. I remember one of my friends um, who'd been on the pill or actually Depo-Provera, the injection for oh, over 10 years. And when she came off it and she wanted to get pregnant, um, and I was telling her about these fertility methods in terms of like tracking your cycle and everything. Um, and I'm like, you know, the, the mucus. And I was sending her all these pictures of the different stages of the mucus. And she was like, oh, Jody, that's gross. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, oh, really? I think it's pretty cool. <laughs> so cool. But so many people still think that that is gross or disgusting. And, you know, men and all that sort of thing as well. And we'll talk about that. But, um, you know, guys, I think also need to have a little bit more education surrounding everything to make it a bit more normal and not so um, out there. Yeah. And not so dependent on the female as well. Like, yes, obviously we'll track our signs of fertility, but what I think is awesome, I know couples today, I've never done this, but I've had many conversations. They share their app with their partners. So their partners are aware of what phase of the cycle, you know, their, um, their significant other is in, mm. or they're aware that, oh, cool. 
I, instead of us having to be like, babe, I mean, you know, I'm about to get my period or I'm actually fertile. They're on top of it with you. So they can actually work with you <laughs> and support you during these different phases as well. Yeah. Um, and making it normal to talk to your partner about it is, my gosh, it's so essential. Um, firstly, be being able to talk about it with, you know, not being afraid of your cervical fluid. When, when we think that our periods are gross and um, cervical fluids gross to me, it, it's fostering like a total disconnect from our bodies. Mm. And I think that's also what can this might sound a bit woo-woo to some people but what can foster you know menstrual problems as well if we are completely detached from our wombs and you know our inner like natural rhythms you know our, our wombs and our uteruses they're going to be like hey pay attention to me like i exist right I, absolutely i, I agree but I, totally I think agree. it's such an important part of us and to be able to talk about it and view it as natural um you know, powerful and maybe beautiful, mm. maybe not mm. use, but uh, it's important. Yeah. Mm. Oh, absolutely. Um, and it can affect, you know, with, with our cervix being sort of the, the, the entry point into um, the womb, it's a very sensitive and very sensual area. So it can also um, impact, uh, you, know, you know, sex and, and pain during totally. sex and, and all of that sort of stuff. So that's, I guess, a complete other topic, but just know that those sorts of things also are very important to, um, become comfortable with because it can also impact that for sure um Absolutely. so in terms of what methods then when you're ovulating what would you recommend women use for protection yeah so uh like condoms they get a bad rap but mm. They're amazing. They're, you know, there there is so many options today when it comes to condoms. Yes, I think that a lot of us, you know, we just think we go to chemist warehouse and just get the generic <laughs> condom brands, which yeah. one are full of toxins and spermicide, and then two, of course, you're going to think they're uncomfortable. Um, you know, they're they're very general. So there are brands. There's one, uh, my one perfect fit, which has mm -hmm. like over sixty different sizes. Um, and you can get really specific to your partner and what, you know, can be, make it the most comfortable as possible to mm -hmm. him and you. Um, and then there's also the non-toxic types of condoms as well. So you've got an awesome Aussie brand that I really love recommending to people is the Johnny condoms and you've got Glide and Sir Richards and you can get them off Amazon as well. So yeah. there are options. I, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm a condom advocate. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then also there is uh, the diaphragm. I've personally mm -hmm. never tried a diaphragm and on my to-do list for 2020, <laughs> I, like, I want to try it all. I have to order a, I think it's a brand of Koya. Um, someone recommended ah. it to me. So I have, I want to order one and I want to try a diaphragm. Yeah. I've heard, you know, some of my, I think like one of my closest friends uses one. She swears by it. Yeah. But um, there's that. And then there's also the female condom. Again, mm -hmm. I haven't tried. Mm -hmm. um, but I'd say... Yeah, there. Can you anything to add? They're the main well, ones I would I, suggest. I guess some of the questions I get. Well, uh, some some things that are discussed in terms of the pull-out method, um, and I uh -huh, think it's yeah. more so a trust issue there with the pull-out method, and it has to not trust issue, but it has to be um, a very neutral um, agreement between the part the partners. Yeah. Yeah. So with the withdrawal method, I'm like personally, and I've spoken about this on Instagram before, and mm. it's. It'll divide people. <laughs> and I, I'll get told off for saying that it's that I use it. But honestly, I use like with a long term partner. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously 
you want to make sure that you're, you're all checked for your STDs and all that kind of stuff. But withdrawal method, I'm all for if it's done right. And yep. that is a lot of trust in your partner and he mm-hmm. needs to be confident that he knows how to do it properly. But exactly. on my fertile days, I, I use a condom. Yeah, it's just to be five sure. De- like just to be sure. Um, and then every, you know, every other day of the month, you're fine. I think it's important yeah. to know that, you know, your fertile days, really the five days in the lead up to ovulation, that's yeah. how long the sperm survives. Then the one day after ovulation, yeah. that's how long your egg can survive. And there around the days, I'm going to, you know, opt for a condom. And mm-hmm. then every other day of the month when I'm in a long-term relationship, I'm sweet with the withdrawal method when I've discussed the importance of my partner, like being on top of it. And we're all, yeah. Absolutely. I'm, I'm in agreement with you. Um, and (laughs) you know, I've had two kids. I'm not really wanting any more. And so, you know, we're, me and my husband, we're very, um, aware that we don't want to have any more. So we're careful, but those methods work perfect. And, um, as long as you know your bodies, then there's no, I don't think there's an issue and it's really getting to know your body. And after this many years, you know, we, we've gotten to know, um, each other's bodies quite well, which is good. Um, Agreed. Love it. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> we've, we've busted one myth in terms of the unreal period on a contraceptive uh, pill. Anything else that there's uh, other bogus period facts? Um, other bogus period facts. Okay, so we've got the pill one. Oh, yeah, the pill bleed. That's bogus. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd also say, and I think we covered this as well, as like one of the main ones, and especially what I love to talk about is that, you know, PMS, and period pain are mm. not normal. They're just yep. common, right? Yep. Let's not accept them as normal yep. anymore. Um, if anyone's listening to this, look into it. Don't, don't um, accept and it. Then, yeah, don't accept it. And then my other favorite one as well is, we, to be honest, we've covered quite a lot of them, is that, uh, you know, the pill fixes period symptoms, regulates hormones, um, and, like, clears your skin, right? When really it's just working as a Band-Aid all those issues, you're going on the pill, all those issues, you're just putting a band-aid over it. And whether it's six months or 10 years down the track and you decide to go off the pill, you're ripping that band-aid off and those period symptoms, they're still bubbling beneath the surface. Um, often they come back worse, sometimes with additional imbalances. Um, so I think that's a big myth. Um, yeah, That definitely needs to be said because that's, really, that's a really common one, people think. Yeah, and still that do. it just fixes periods. Totally, I'd yeah. say it, it's extremely common. Um, yeah, I, um, that they're the main ones. I think we, we kind of ticked off the main mm, ones that I always, that I always talk well. about. Yeah, cool. <laughs> so in in with that, when you're on the period a pill and you you want to look at coming off the pill, I think it's important for everyone to know that you can do some work while you're on the pill still. Yeah, and so it becomes a little bit more of that easier transition when you come off it. Um, you know, cutting things out like dairy and gluten and fixing your diet and all those sorts of things will really impact the way that you come off it. There may still some, be some worsening of symptoms, but I think people find that it's a lot less if you do the work while you're on the pill still and then you can come off it. I totally agree. I think that um, instead of just going completely cold turkey, mm. uh, learning how to start living life in support of hormones naturally whilst you're on the pill is going to set you up like you said, like starting with the healthy diet um, and becoming aware of, you know, the foundations that we spoke about, um, you know, making the switch to natural, you know, options of skincare and makeup. And it's all of these little, little shifts that we can make. Well, 
you know, big and little. It's little shifts over time. I like to look at it because you don't have to go and make changes all at once. Just pick things that you're to avoid overwhelm, pick things, you know, small shifts um, over time and preparing your body for that transition off. And I usually like, the Moonbox program is 12 weeks and I'll usually say if people message me, oh, I want to come off the pill then start your program. I'll actually usually say, hey, I actually recommend doing the program for 12 weeks, getting mm. into additional supplementation because the pill that causes nutrient deficiencies can cause, you know, extra inflammation in the body. How can we start replenishing those lost nutrient stores? How can we start to already reduce inflammation so that your body can bounce back um, stronger and really let's, you know, hope that you get a regular cycle sooner rather than later because for a lot of women it can take a long time but I feel that when you prepare your body it you'll be able to bounce it's more resilient that's mm, it. yeah I yeah. love that your program's 12 weeks too because I love the fact that it's that three-month period where you've got um that complete cell turnover and you've got a complete change of those well, mainly the red blood cells, and you can get complete mm-hmm. micronutrient, you know, resaturation back into the body. And so you really notice big changes by that three-month point. Agreed. I think that's what I'm, yeah, I love, I love explaining why it's 12 weeks, exactly like you just said, because I think we're wired or we grow up in a society that just wants quick fixes, right? You know, we want better skin tomorrow. We want to fix our periods by, you know, by next month. Uh, <laughs> we want to lose weight within four weeks. And <laughs> At the end of the day, like, right? It's so true. Yeah. With, you know, quick pill. Yeah. Like, quick. Where's my magic pill? pill? <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, when it comes to period health, there is no quick pill. It is a long-term project, and it's lifelong, really. Your mm. hormone, your hormone health, your relationship with your hormones is lifelong. Um, and so, those twelve weeks is the time it really takes to reset properly. Um, I think, you know, a lot of people be like, oh my gosh, 12 weeks is so long. And I'm like, well, in the big scheme of things, you know, it's three periods out of the life, you know, the rest of your life of periods you have left till you enter, say, menopause. And it's really the health of your hormones today that is going to influence how you experience entering menopause once you get there as well. So people are like, oh, I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to worry mm-hmm. about, you know, my fertility until I want to get pregnant. It's like, well, actually, these are the foundations and you want to start getting on top of it now. So the 12 weeks, really takes you through learning you know setting those solid foundations Mm -hmm. um and then the improvements start to take place yeah absolutely now i just thought i just want to jump back into pms because i know i had a few questions for people from people on um social media and they were asking because a lot of people aren't aware of the different types of pms and Mm -hmm. i had a, a question come in from um about anxiety and we know that there's different forms of pms so maybe we can go through that and just um tick off some of the the key symptoms that we see on the different forms of uh, pms yeah sure so pms can range i think it's like over 50 different symptoms Mm. you can experience with pms um so it can be anxiety Mm -hmm. some people can experience uh, with pmdd which is um premenstrual dysphoric disorder you can experience like serious anxiety and depression Mm -hmm. leading up to your cycle um then there's also you got the swollen tender breasts, which I'd say is one of the most common symptoms that women experience and one of the big ones people think are normal. Mm. I used to get them. I have not had tender breasts for a very, very long time. And that really 
really is like, you know, the buildup of estrogen and inflammation in the body. Um, then you've also got like acne breakouts as a sign, you know, falls under the PMS bracket as well. Same as bloating, cravings, irritability. Um, oh, the list goes on. Hey, I'm trying it to... It does. There's lots and lots <laughs> See, and I blanked. Lots. Headaches. And headache, yeah, premenstrual headaches mm. are huge. Um, migraines as well, like... Um, Tiredness, uh, yeah, and I would say moodiness. fatigue, insomnia as well before your period um, yeah. can be really common. Um, yeah, I'd say they're the ma- the main ones. Mm. Now, off the top of my head, before periods too, I, I I do tell a lot of my clients because with a progesterone, it actually increases your metabolism, doesn't it? So mm-hmm. you've actually got an increased amount of burning capacity of your food. So to be a little bit hungrier just before your period is actually quite normal. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I tell if you're hungry, eat. <laughs> you're burning more calories than if people are worried about that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. You can, yeah, eat nourishing foods. Yeah. Um, that, you know, are going to um, satiate and uh, make you feel good and ground. Like I love eating grounding foods before yeah. my period, like in warming foods as well. Um, yeah. You know, when we're on our period, we are losing nutrients through blood mm. loss. So preparing yeah. for that um, before your period and during your period is, of course, well after as well. But, um, you know, really eating nutrient-dense, uh, foods is so important and 100% everyone's going to get a little bit more hungry before their period yeah. a lot of people you know I I like clockwork like I even use my period I'm like oh I'm gonna eat a bit more chocolate <laughs> <laughs> because it's like it's a comfort thing as well you know what absolutely. I mean absolutely like, I'm, think- I'm a peanut butter on toast girl like a gluten-free yes. toast and peanut butter I'm just like my period's around the corner I know it's coming <laughs> yeah right I, that's so that's so funny yeah I have similar things, like, like that too um but yeah it's I think a lot of women will feel guilty or they beat themselves mm. up for eating more in that part of their cycle and no to, no, no. You know, it's once and the beauty about knowing that you're in that premenstrual phase is that you're able to go oh that's okay I know what my hormones are doing they're affecting me in this way and it's making me more hungry and that's okay yeah. So it fosters this level of self-acceptance rather than, you know, um, guilt or beating yourself, you know, self-hatred for eating yes. more food. Yeah. Um, so it's okay. Yeah. And feeling more overwhelmed in terms of emotions. Like I know I'll always be a little yeah. bit more overwhelmed and I think that's quite natural. And again, we have to be a little bit self-accepting and loving at that yeah. time of the month. Uh, which is it's, it's so important and extra support. I really love the work of John Gray. Have you followed any of his work in terms of the hormone buildup with partners? It's really you interesting. You know what? I haven't, but you're not the first person who has said his name to me recently, which means yeah. I have to write that down. Yeah. No, I haven't. So he's got a he's got a book out. The reason I say it, I was in London and I watched him speak at a conference and he's the funniest guy. And um, I've showed a few of my students a video of his and he's amazing. And so what he talks about is the build-up of the, the different phases of the woman's cycle and how the man um, or the partner or the friends can support through those different phases and so that we actually feel a little bit more connected in all those different phases. So it's a pretty it's a really good read. Um, he's got his um, second, I think it's the second Mars and Venus book. Um, it's the modern take on the Mars and Venus, which is a really, I'll, I'll try and link it up in the, in the comments. 
please do because I'm yeah. 100% going to go and order that book. Yeah, yeah. I can't, oh, off the top of my head, why can't I think of the book's name? Um, I'll come, it'll come to me in a minute. But while I think about it, I also wanted to cover off iron because most women come into the clinic and also all over the world will have, are having, and I'm hearing about it, more and more and more iron issues, whether they can't mm. sustain enough iron in their body, whether their um, their gut issues, you know, and liver issues, and also with the period. So, I don't, I don't know if you have any insight in terms of that, where you cover any of that in your courses and advice. Yeah. So, uh, with with the iron, um, you know, obviously uh, fatigue is like a very a common uh, indication. So, like serious fatigue, also heavy periods can cause mm. iron deficiency deficiency can cause heavy periods it's kind of a um both ways thing but uh the first thing I would I find that look straight away looking at diet like I always recommend getting your bloods tested uh before anything uh especially before supplementing because you don't want to be taking too much iron um but looking at what the food that you're consuming um I'd say is first up Mm. so you know your green veggies like your spinach your silver beets uh, broccoli, um, same with like nuts and seeds, um, animal protein, you know, for me, my view on animal protein is that it really is ticking that iron box. Like, mm. um, that's personally, uh, the iron and the zinc and the iodine, the B12, um, but always going quality over quantity. So like Absolutely. with animal protein, like where, when and wherever you can organic, grass fed grass finished if you can get the organic egg buy the organic chicken like um you know and it is more expensive but how can we start adjusting our priorities of where we spend our money and maybe putting it more towards that because it really does make a difference um Mm. but yeah looking i always will say look at food first when it comes to the iron side of things Mm. um and if you are vegan vegetarian supplementation and like being on top of getting your bloods tested regularly um is so important because it's really going to influence periods and like hormones and how you feel in general Mm, definitely um and there is a lot more um people becoming vegan after the documentary game changes and definitely not going to get into that now but it is it is really important to note that you have to do it right if you're going to go into um a, a diet that's missing some of components that your body actually requires um and i come from a background of being vegan mostly um so but it was it's very it's very um, necessary to maintain good nutritional values of supplementation. Um, And now I find it so much better for me just to include those minor amounts of the animal proteins. And it's not even that much that you need and good quality, like you say, that it's, you know, you're using it more as a supplement if you, if you, if you choose to feel that way about it and it's, it's a cheaper supplement to tell you the truth by doing it on those, you know, less regular amounts of time. And it's enough then for your body to maintain that good level, which is super important. There's so many aspects that a lot of people don't realize because they don't study the underlying biochemistry that goes on behind it all, which is hard to explain as well to people, unfortunately. It is. And, um, you know, unfortunately, people, a lot of defense can come up around that but Mm. I'll always come from a place of like there is no one diet that is going to suit every single person so say the doco people watch it oh 
that is a diet for everyone. Everyone's going to thrive off that diet. No, no, (laughs) it's just not, it's not how it's going to be. Right. So like some people will thrive off being vegan, whatever. That's Mm. awesome when it's done correctly and to always, whatever diet it may be, vegan, the keto, paleo, whatever it may be. Sure. You may thrive off that particular diet for a couple of years, but please continue to check in. Yes. Check in if it is still serving you because after six months or a year or even two years, your nutrient stores can start to deplete over time. And that's when the symptoms start to arise. And a lot of people will be really headstrong in this diet being the right diet, you know, to be on instead Mm. of going, oh, hang on, maybe it's not serving me in the way that I've read about. So instead of always, uh, you know, instead of listening and believing everything you read and hear, first thing to listen to is your body above all else over anything. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Um, and to seek out a really good professional support, whether it's the courses, whether it's a nutritionist, whether it's a naturopath yeah. or, a, you know, someone who really that you get along with and supports you, um, even an integrated practitioner, any, anyone that you feel that can really look after you and help guide you into those right directions because the world out there and the internet is a plethora of information that's super confusing and you can dive down into the, the wrong rabbit hole every second turn, <laughs> unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Nikki, we have, uh, this has just gone so quick. I can't believe it. I have a few more questions. Yeah. I I reckon we could talk for like three hours easily, (laughs) easily about this stuff. We might have to do a a second one, I think, a follow-up. Yeah, we can absolutely do a second one, break it up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I just wanted to get into five changes for 2020 that we can make for our hormone health. What what would be Mm -hmm. your five things that you recommend? Okay, first one I would say is eat more leafy greens and cruciferous vegetables. Mm. Um, so important. Things like broccoli, kale, bok choy, Brussels sprouts, these specifically contain, you know, the good old compound DIM that's really going to help with estrogen metabolism, help with, you know, healthy liver detoxification. Um, you know, filling up half of your plate with greens with every meal as much as you can, you know, you just can't eat too many like leafy veg, right? Um, well, you got to, you know, if you have thyroid problems, you want to look at the side. There is massage. Yes. There That's is why a, you need a good practitioner. But ex- exactly. <laughs> good practitioner always and always tune in to what is working or not working for you. But yeah, Absolutely. I would say leafy vegetables is so important to help with hormone, help with hormone um, metabolism. Then I would say my other 2020 biggest recommendation would be to prioritize soaking up vitamin D mm-hmm. from the sun. Really oh, help yeah. with that vitamin D production. I think it's one of the most overlooked foundations to not just hormone health, but overall health. Helping with hormone, immune, mood regulation, um, you know, deficiency in vitamin D, you know, it's linked to depression, anxiety, PCOS, PMS symptoms, cramps, like um, you know, having adequate levels of vitamin D is going to help reduce those levels of prostaglandins. And like I said before, prostaglandins are what's, you know, causing those cramps. So um, vitamin D and exposing yourself, like at the moment, whilst the sun is out, I'm getting outside for, even though I'm super busy, I'm like 15, 20 minutes a day or yep. eat your lunch outside. Yep. Or when you wake up, just go and eat breakfast outside. Mm. Um, and as naked again, as possible, I always tell everyone. I was about- Get your clothes off. Get your clothes off. Like I would say be sun smart, obviously, but also be aware that like sunscreen does block vitamin D production. So for the first, like know your limit, 
but I'll always be sunscreen free at first. Um, and then I know my limit. I'm, you know, I have olive skin, um, so I need a little bit more vitamin D, but mm-hmm. um, I'll always, I wear non-toxic sunscreen uh, yes. afterwards. I'm still yes. sun smart, but not, you know, the beginning, no sunscreen for me. Um, and then I would say uh, increase your magnesium intake. I am mm. such a lover of magnesium. Uh, it is like a magic period mineral. It's going to help with estrogen metabolism, inflammation, um, you know, insulin sensitivity. Um, it's going to help with sleep, with thyroid health. It really is amazing for an all-round mineral to increase. So whether that's through foods, um, you know, um, like your leafy veg, your nuts and seeds, your greens, um, double up on that, but um, <laughs> uh and also, I do recommend supplementation usually. In Moonbox, we have a Moonboost magnesium oil, which is mm-hmm. like pure magnesium chloride oil, which I find I love. Yep. Um, but a lot of us are magnesium deficient today, whether it's from like the depletion in our soils um, mm-hmm. of nutrients or, you know, when we're stressed, like chronic low level of everyday stress, our bodies are constantly dumping magnesium too. You need Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Energy so cycle. Yeah. 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 Um, should I give you another, I don't know how many that is, but I'll give you another one. I would say healthy, eat, eating healthy fat and not fearing fat. Yes. I love so that. important, right? Yeah. That, I always say like healthy fats don't make you fat. They make hormones. Yes. I love that is. saying. So, yeah. So true. Yeah. We, we have to get away from that fat scare. I know. I, I hate that it's still around. Um, it seems, oh, it's crazy, but yeah, it like, the beauty about fats is, you know, they, they help make hormones and they're also, you know, your omega-3 fatty acids are anti-inflammatory, which mm. is great. So, yeah. what, uh, you know, your oily fish, like wild caught salmon, sardines, mm. mackerel, um, anchovies even, if you're an anchovy fan. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then um, if you're not so much an oily fish fan, that's when like maybe looking into, of, um, you know, a really high quality uh, supplement of omega-3 fatty acids and you've even got like hemp seeds chia seeds there's lots of options mm-hmm. um so that would be another thing and lastly i would say make the switch to non-toxic skincare and makeup i just can't i i personally think it's important it's like how can we limit our exposure as much as possible and what's in our control yeah um, and what's in our control is in our home and the products we buy because mm-hmm. everything you know we put on our skin like i said it, it everything influence. even deodorant you know and and, and oh my gosh, skin so lotion important. skin lotion everything yeah absolutely yeah i recommend i have like on my insta i share very specific like favorite brands that i've over time found trial tested loved i feel like i've tried every natural deodorant under the sun because mm. i feel with that people go oh it doesn't work and i'll say well try another one because yeah. some a non-toxic deodorant or natural deodorant might work for you and it might not work for me everyone's yeah. different so yeah don't give up on the natural side of like makeup they're all makeup skincare deodorant because there are so many options today so it's, many again i I just don't think there's an excuse around it. Like even David Jones now sells edible beauty, mm. um, which I'm, I love edible beauty. So I'm like, sweet. It's become more mainstream. Absolutely. Yeah. There's so many different mineral ones and all sorts, makeups, everything you can, you can always yeah. find the better option. Yeah, definitely. Totally. All right. So, um, firstly, what do you wish for all women 
or what that all women knew about their periods you know so if they were the ones coming straight into menses which what's the one thing that you wish that they knew straight away straight away that your period does not have to be a burden to you if you're not destined to be in pain or to suffer um that it is really you know a powerful important natural part of you know it's it's part of our like innate power as a woman and being mm. able to like tune into that you're able to live life at your biggest potential like yeah. personal and professionally I truly believe that so again not just to know that you're not destined mother nature has not cursed us to be in pain each month and um you know to support your body naturally in um achieving a healthy cycle yeah that would be the first thing i say <laughs> yeah definitely and to con- constantly seek out that normal and truth and to have that beautiful period that you deserve i think so yeah absolutely yeah all right nikki so tell us about moonbox now finally give us a bit of a rundown of what you're doing what's sort of the future of moonbox what you're doing this year give us a bit of a overview of everything that you've got planned uh it's really exciting for me 2020 this year i have big plans um yeah, so, so really in a nutshell, Moonbox, I've said a little about it throughout this pro- program, but it is a 12-week, uh, sorry, throughout this podcast, but it's a 12-week program um, and it really provides you with all the support, the knowledge, the empowerment to balance hormones naturally and relieve those, you know, monthly symptoms of PMS and period irregularities um, and even supporting women on the pill, in the transition off the pill, like I said before, um, I don't want anyone to feel alone in the world of hormones and periods. And that's really why I created Moonbox for, to provide women with that support and understanding of how to start living life in support of hormones um, so that they're set for long-term health. Um, so you have like the online side of the program. One of the, I think, uh, my subscribers' favourite part is the actual online community um, where I have hundreds of women now, which I'm so, it excites me so Amazing. much. And it's run by our Moonbox naturopaths and myself. Um, and everyone's sharing their period stories and hormone nourishing recipes. And it's really cool. So there's that side. And then each month you receive a monthly delivery of Moonbox products. Um, and they really, they provide that extra support on top of the foundational changes you make. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, there's no one supplement or product that's going to fix your period. It's that holistic support, which is what I'm really passionate about. Um, so yeah, over the three months, you receive the different period uh, Moonbox products, um, anything from teas to beautiful elixirs to magnesium oil, salts, non-toxic skincare, um, and acne support, etc. Um, it's like a box of love each month, and also a reminder to check in with where you are wow. in your cycle. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I um I just launched like UK and US, which I'm um, the USA, which I'm so excited about. Well done. Um, yeah, it, it happened. It happened quite fast. I didn't really expect to do that, but my dream for this year is actually to go to the US and set up set up shop there after I really got it right in Australia um, and spread all the love, the period love here first. Um, <laughs> Amazing. Well, keep me, um, keep yeah, me posted on that because I've got a few colleagues I and friends will. in US and so it will have oh, to awesome. help you spread the love over there. Thanks. Oh, any, any support, that is so appreciated. But yeah, that, that's it in a nutshell, really. Um, just Amazing. Just continue to spread it. 
Yeah, you're doing such amazing work, Nikki. Um, and Thank you. Keep, keep going. And I can't wait to see what, what else you've got installed down the track. Um, and for anyone wanting to, to go onto the program, there's obviously your uh, Instagram, um, you've got my Moonbox, and anywhere else they can contact you or get a hold of you, obviously the website as well. Yeah, the website is yep. just mymoonbox.com.au. I am on Facebook, but I'm way more active on Instagram, just at mymoonbox. That's, I respond to my DMs. I shouldn't promote that, but I really do make it quite personal. Like, I like to voice message everyone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. Good, yeah. good. Awesome. All right. Well, everyone can reach out and they know where to find you. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure, Nikki. I, I, I really appreciate your time spent here. And um, I really look forward to keeping in touch in the future. Me too, lovely. Thank you so much for having me. No, no worries at all. Have a wonderful day. You too, you too. Thanks for listening to the Revital Health Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Revital Health, as well as our website, revitalhealth.com.au for upcoming podcasts, workshops and speaking events. Find out about specials happening in the clinic and all the show notes and links mentioned in the podcast. Please remember that this information discussed here is general information and it is not intended to diagnose or treat individuals. Please speak to a healthcare professional before embarking on any new treatments, lifestyle changes, medicines or supplementation to assess your suitability. Have a wonderful day and we'll see you again soon.